RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Judd Boaz. The headlines, Chief Executive Carrie Lam insists authorities will not disclose the reason for refusing to renew Victor Mallet's work visa. She vows to scrap a tunnel toll plan if LegCo opposes. And veteran Democrat Lee Chokyan joins Leg- the LegCo by-election in West Kowloon. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says immigration matters are solely for the Hong Kong government to decide and the authorities will not disclose the reason for refusing to renew the work visa of Financial Times journalist Victor Mallet. During an RTHK phone-in program, Mrs Lam said she wouldn't say much in any case as an appeal over the visa decision has been filed by the newspaper. The government's denial of a work visa to Mr Mallet is widely thought to be linked to him chairing a pro-independence talk here. Mrs Lamb was asked whether visa vetting for foreign journalists was a matter for the central government or the SAR government to decide. It's not the question of foreign or local nationals, but it's a question of acting in accordance with the basic law, in accordance with local legislation, the policy and the circumstances of a case. Mr Mallet tweeted a picture of a departure sign at the airport this morning. He arrived in Hong Kong from Thailand on Sunday and was allowed to stay in the SAR for only seven days. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong has expressed doubt that the government will retract its decision not to renew the work visa of Victor Mallet, saying the majority of appeals to immigration fail. Mr Tong, who's a senior counsel, says the reason may come out during the appeal process. To a limited extent, they would be able to obtain some indication from the immigration department. But I think the court generally respects the position of the immigration and uh, they accept that many of the reasons, uh, which uh, very often borders on to political and involving national security, are not to be openly set out in the court. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says it's unlikely that It's likely, rather, that lawmakers will not support her proposal aimed at rebalancing the flow of traffic between the three cross-harbour tunnels. In her policy address on Wednesday, Mrs Lamb proposed lowering the tolls at the Western Harbour crossing while raising them at the other two tunnels. Mrs Lamb says she will drop the plan if she doesn't get the support she needs in the legislature. I've already heard that oh, uh, from the, especially from the members who uh, come from direct elections, they're very worried about um, upsetting voters, especially those uh, drivers who are using the other two tunnels. So uh, it is likely that uh, they may not support this total package because this package requires electrical approval in terms of raising the tolls of Hong Kong and Eastern and in terms of giving me a sum of money to reimburse the private company. Labour Party veteran Lee Chukyan has put in his bid to run in the by-election for the vacant Kowloon West Legco seat as a backup candidate of the pro-democracy camp. That's because their first choice, Lao Su Alai, hasn't yet been confirmed as a candidate despite submitting her papers last Tuesday. She's seeking to reclaim the seat she was stripped of for an invalid oath. Mr Lee says he will withdraw from the race if Miss Lau's candidacy is confirmed by Monday, the closing of the nomination period. He has criticised the government for playing dirty in the by-election. This government, they can screen out any candidate they want. And this has made the whole election a very unfair election. But still, even though this is a very unfair election, the whole pandemic is united to fight this battle. Yan Chan, who's supported by the pro-government camp, and former lawmaker Frederick Fong are also running in the by-election. 
The Education Secretary Kevin Young has revealed that the government plans to build schools in the Greater Bay Area. He says the schools will be targeted at the children of Hong Kong people who have moved and worked there. He said education authorities in Guangdong Province have responded positively to the plan, and the Hong Kong government is still looking for suitable sites for the construction of the schools. The Chief Secretary Matthew Chung says the government will partner with local NGOs to find suitable sites in the Greater Bay Area for young Hong Kong entrepreneurs to start their business there. The government will launch a new scheme this year to help them, as proposed under the Chief Executive's policy address. Mr. Chung says it's not easy for local young people to start their business across the border due to different regulatory environments, and he says the government wants to help them. We want to give it an additional choice in this Greater Bay Area, all right? Another runway for them to take off, and in the process, not only funding is important, material support, connections, information flow as well. Otherwise, we're operating in a vacuum. You can't just go into Greater Bay Area yourself and find a job, or even not to mention start a business. So you need a database, a platform for which you can actually take off. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare, Lord Chi Kuang, says he hopes more statutory bodies and private companies will extend maternity leave from 10 to 14 weeks. A policy initiative proposed by the Chief Executive Carrie Lam in her policy address. Yesterday, the hospital authority said it would extend the leave after an approval by the board. Here's Mr. Law. We definitely welcome all employers to follow、uh, the practice of the government in civil service. That is to extend the maternity leave from 10 weeks to 14 weeks, and if they can afford, I will actually ask them if it can do more.、Uh, that the more the better. A minority rights group says it hopes the next chairperson of the Equal Opportunities Commission will be more independent from the government and do more to promote equal rights in Hong Kong. The incumbent Alfred Chan finishes his term next April. Phyllis Chung, the executive director of Unison, called the commission a toothless tiger, saying it could have done more to use its statutory powers to investigate and initiate complaints. It can improve at least in effectiveness in handling the complaint cases. It has statutory、um, obligations, so it should use that statutory obligations and also the powers in self-initiated investigation and other investigations, which EOC has not been doing much in the past years. And it's been 20 years, over 20 years, as the EOC has been、um, established. A loser in the 2016 LegCo elections, Letitia Lee, has appeared in a Shatin court over an alleged election-related fraud. She didn't enter plea. Miss Lee is accused of breaching anti-bribery laws by spending anonymous donations on her expenses. The case has been adjourned until next month, and the court has extended her bail. Several staff members at the Federal Bureau of Investigation have been reassigned from postings in East and Southeast Asia amid allegations of misconduct. The Wall Street Journal has reported that the Inspector General at the U.S. Department of Justice was looking into allegations related to parties and interactions with prostitutes. The FBI said all employees were held to the highest standards of conduct. The scale of destruction wrought by Hurricane Michael in the United States is becoming clearer. The storm hit Florida on Wednesday and then made its way northeast. Hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses are without electricity. The number of people now known to have died has risen to six. The governor of Florida is Rick Scott. What you see at Chipley and at Bristol is it, look, it sort of looks like there was tornadoes. So you just see spots where you know everything was down, and you see you know it's like stuff a tornado went through. 
A huge cleanup is underway after a tornado ripped through parts of the Australian state of Queensland. Cars have been crushed by debris, houses ruined, and millions of dollars worth of crops destroyed. Residents say much of the town of Tansy, 280 kilometres northwest of Brisbane, has been flattened. No deaths have been reported. President Trump says he is not prepared to cut off a Saudi arms deal worth more than $100 billion, despite U.S. concerns over the missing Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. He was last seen entering a Saudi consulate in Turkey more than a week ago. Mr. Trump said sacrificing the arms deal would put U.S. jobs at risk. An unnamed buyer who bid nearly $1.5 million for a work by the street artist Banksy has gone ahead and paid for the painting Girl with Balloon, despite the fact that the piece partially shredded itself moments after the hammer fell at auction last week. Here's the BBC's Paddy Maguire. There were gasps and sniggers when seconds after the gavel had fallen, the lower half of one of Banksy's best-known works self-shredded at auction. The piece that had sold at a price matching the artist's all-time record was now destroyed. Or was it? Sotheby's say the European collector has decided to go ahead with the purchase because she feels she is now in possession of her own piece of art history, an artwork created by an act of destruction. The modified version, renamed Love is in the Bin, has been certified by Banksy's authentication body, Pest Control. Two Russian international football players have been detained by police and will face trial for acts of hooliganism after they allegedly assaulted a trade ministry official last weekend. Video apparently shows Alexander Kokorin and Pavel Mamayev, both of who have played for the national team, hitting Denis Pak, an ethnic Korean, with a chair while he was eating a meal in a Moscow cafe. The rapper Kanye West has lavished praise on Donald Trump during a meeting with the president in the Oval Office. For half an hour, Mr. West, wearing a red baseball cap emblazoned with Make America Great Again, addressed Mr. Trump on issues including the congressional elections, the existence of a parallel universe, and growing up without a father. The BBC's Jane O'Brien reports. Kanye West has broken with many African-Americans and celebrities who say the president has enabled racism in the US. He's been harshly criticised and even booed for his public support of Mr Trump. But Mr West's support remains undiminished and his Oval Office meeting ended with vows of undying love, hugs and a rather bemused president who must have realised that for once somebody else had stolen the show. Business and financial news, China's trade surplus with the United States surged to a record high of more than 34.1 billion US dollars in September, compared with just over 31 billion in August. China's large trade surplus with the United States has long been a sore point with Washington and is at the centre of an increasing bitter trade dispute between the world's two biggest economies. U.S. media reports say an internal report by U.S. Treasury staff has not labelled China as a currency manipulator in its recommendation for the department's semi-annual report on foreign exchange rate practices. But it continued to place China on a monitoring list. The closely watched report will be published on Monday. The U.S. Treasury has declined to name China a manipulator in the three semi-annual currency reports it has sent to Congress since Trump took office early last year. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,587. That's 320 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $58 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 112.33 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 16 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 36 cents. And now with sport, here's Adam Chung. 
Let's start with football. There's another win for Portugal in the UEFA Nations League. They came from behind to win 3-2 in Poland and extended their lead in a group that includes Italy. The BBC's Colum Harrison has details. The decision by Portugal's coach Fernando Santos to rest Cristiano Ronaldo for this round of games looked to have backfired when Christoph Piacek put Poland in front after only 18 minutes. But the European champions turned it around with three goals in a 20-minute spell either side of half-time. Andre Silva and Bernardo Silva both scored for the visitors with an own goal debited to Kamil Glick sandwiched in between. Jakub Brazikowski pulled one back near the end, but Portugal hung on to extend their lead in that group. They're now five points clear at the halfway stage and look well-placed to qualify for and also host next year's finals. In League B, Russia were held to a goalless draw by Sweden, but they're now a point clear of Turkey at the top of Group 2. In League C, Israel came from behind to beat Scotland 2-1 in Haifa. That result means that all three teams in Group 1, the other being Albania, have three points from two games. Serbia are the new leaders of Group 4 after a 2-0 victory at Neighbours Montenegro. In the same group, Romania won 2-1 in Lithuania. And in League D, Group 3, the leaders Kosovo beat Malta 3-0 and Azerbaijan won 3-1 in the Faroe Islands. Away from the Nations League, France scored twice in the last four minutes to salvage a 2-2 draw at home against Iceland in a friendly. Kylian Mbappe scored both goals for the World Cup champions, including a stoppage time penalty. Spain thrashed Wales 4-1 in Cardiff. The former France and Arsenal striker Thierry Henry looks set for his first job as a manager. He remains the favourite to take charge at Monaco. Monaco won the French League in 2017 but are third from bottom in the current season. French football journalist Loïc Tansy says Henry is in strong position to return to the club where he began his career in 1994. It will be his first, his first experience as a coach, but if you listen every players and every coach in Belgium, in the Belgium squad, for example, because he's assistant coach in, in Belgium, all the players are, are saying that he's, he's very good. He's doing a great job. He knows how to speak to the players. He knows how to deal with them and to make them better. So I think he's going to be a great coach and that's why Monaco want him. Hong Kong's rugby league players came very close to getting their first win in the Emerging Nations World Championship. They fell short against Japan, losing 32-30 in a game played in Sydney. It's the first time the SAR is represented in this tournament. Their next game is tomorrow against Solomon Islands. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam insists authorities will not disclose the reason for refusing to renew Victor Mallet's work visa. She vows to scrap a tunnel toll plan if LegCo opposes, and veteran Democrat Lee Chuk Yan joins the LegCo by-election race in West Kowloon. And that's the news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting tired, and you wanted to say that you're so fun when you're everything it's the ground.